Sam and the AM at 7.34, 26 minutes before 8 o'clock. It's Monday morning, and Alan Fagan is in our studio. Alan Fagan, prominent attorney and former champion of Proskauer Rose, I hope I pronounced that properly, has been named executive vice president and chief professional officer of the Orthodox Union. The OU has a new leader, Alan Fagan. Welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Delighted to be here. It's been a while since we've seen each other. Nice to reunite in this way. Indeed. How did they first start uh, courting you for this position? When was the, the first mention that you might be able to fill this role effectively? Uh, I, I think that uh, when I announced uh, that I was retiring from Proskauer at the end of December, uh, it was then that I was approached by the search committee that then was an active uh, committee uh, looking for a new executive vice president uh, for the union, uh, and then things began to move relatively quickly. They said, Alan, you're going to need some. You need something to do with your time, right? You're, le- you're leaving the office. We have a way for you to really fill a good number of hours. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the problem was my filling my time. <laughs> that was not the pitch, huh? It is amazing what the Orthodox Union is now. I mean, if you would have been offered this job, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, you'd be talking about, uh, although a very large organization and one that did many things, certainly a real trailblazer, but now... Now it's it seems like they're everywhere, just doing so many different things with so many different departments and having an effect on so many different areas of Jewish life. That is a good description, right? I think that's an absolutely accurate description. In fact, you know, I've been a lay leader, had been a lay leader of, of the OU probably for three decades and had absolutely no idea of the enormous breadth and depth of the operations of the union, uh, uh, the not just on the Kashra side, uh, but on the programming side as well. Uh, I'm not sure that there's anybody out there that has a full picture of the full range of activities that the union is currently engaged in. No question about it, and we'll explore some of those in a minute. Uh, a lot of people who heard that you're coming in might have tuned in only because of the curiosity about the void that there was in this type of leadership position at the OU. There was a little bit, I don't want to say turmoil, because I don't think uh, anybody would classify it as turmoil, but there there were some changes recently, and it, it seemed like different things were in the air in terms of you know positions like the one that you're now occupying. How would you describe that period of time? Was it relatively stable, even though it was a little bit uncertain at that time? Yeah, I, I, look, I, I think that um, the programs of the union were all operating extremely well. Which I thought and, was remarkable. They just and, and, kept and, going. And, and with great stability. Right. Um, what probably was missing was some overarching uh, sense of cohesion, uh, trying to uh, put programs together uh, in a logical and coherent way and imposing some overall sense of management and orderliness uh, in what has now become an enormously large and complex organization. Alan Fagan is here, brand-new executive vice president and chief professional officer of the Orthodox Union. That term did not exist before, chief professional officer, or or it did at the OU? Uh, it did. It, the constitutional title is executive vice president and right. chief professional officer. Um, uh position has typically been known as executive vice president. Right. One of the reasons that I, I pointed out and that the word that I feel the word professional is in there, you're dealing with a lot of professionals. Each department seems to be led by a very talented either individual or group of people. Um, it, it would be, uh, I don't know how you'd put this, but um, it, it would be amazing to be able to describe 
to this community and to this audience just the level of people that you're working with? You're seeing a tremendous amount of talent every single day. I was uh, uh, actually astounded uh, by the the depth of talent within the organization. Uh, we've got uh, individual programs within the union that are probably each one larger than many, many nonprofits that are out there right. with extraordinarily talented individuals running them, uh, people of enormous skill, enormous experience, and most importantly, enormous vision and passion for the Jewish people. A lot of very committed members of the community, that's for sure. Uh, and it's way beyond kashras, right? We should stress that to everybody, I'm sure. This you knew even before you took the job. <laughs> this I did, although I, I, must, I, must, say, I must say that uh, uh, I, I, certainly, I certainly knew that uh, the union was far more than kashras. I had been involved uh, in, in a number of the activities of the union, uh, didn't have as good a sense of all of them, but even the kashras operation, uh, uh, I, was, I was flabbergasted at the size and scope uh, of what it is that we accomplish uh, uh, just in the area of Kashrus uh, alone. Uh, 723,017 products uh, under supervision uh, um, from OU Kashrus. Operations in 94 countries in locations that you and I wouldn't know how to spell. (laughs) Uh, Every day of the week, we've got uh, uh, Mashkichim, uh, all ac- literally all across the world, uh, supervising close to 10,000 plants, hundreds of thousands of products. Uh, that itself uh, is, is an incredibly complex um, uh, organization uh, run masterfully by Rabbi Menachem Ganek. No question about it. And if we would start to name all of the other uh, departments that the OU has. We'd be here for a while. But one thing that did catch my eye is you went to Harvard Law School, right? I did. And I'm sure you're well aware, even years later, what's going on in some of the college campuses in this country and beyond college, graduate school as well. And you are aware, I would guess, on top of that, the type of work that your program is doing on college campuses. Because I've met some of the people that are in charge of you know, just being there for the students around the country, and it's pretty impressive. We, we are we are hugely proud of our uh, SAIF Jewish Learning Initiative on campus, JLIC, currently on 16 campuses around the country. Uh, the wonderful news is, as of the fall, we will be on 21 campuses around the United States uh, and Canada uh, in, in uh, an enormously important effort to bring Yiddishkeit to campus to serve thousands of our own kids uh, who attend secular university, who want a place to learn, who want a place to daven, who want to be sure that the infrastructure is present on campus for them to be able to eat, for them to be able to get into their dormitory room on a Shabbos, uh, for them to have role models in the form of our JLIC couples. Uh, and to find the inspiration on campus that is so important to maintain their Yiddishkeit. Some of those couples are amazing. Uh, Alan Fagan is here, brand new executive vice president at the OU. Um, so when this when this search took place and they finally started aiming toward you, uh, was it something that you were very hesitant about? You know, sometimes when people are approached about leading Jewish organizations, nothing against the OU, of course, but you know, that's uh, <laughs> stereotypically often people. 
you know, think a thousand times before they take a position like this. Um, I actually did not need to be uh, uh, persuaded. No coercion necessary. There, there was no coercion uh, <laughs> necessary. I had retired from Proskauer uh, in the hopes that I would have the opportunity to really seriously ramp up uh, the level of my communal activity. Uh, I had practiced law for close to 40 years, uh, had accomplished uh, uh, probably as much as anyone could hope to accomplish in a professional career, uh, and uh, felt that it was time in my life uh, to give something back uh, 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 to my community. <clears throat> so when uh, I was first approached, um, I was actually delighted about it, uh, didn't expect it, uh, and didn't necessarily expect that I would find the outlet that I was looking for on the professional side rather than on the lay side. Uh, but this was really the perfect opportunity for me uh, to use the experience that I had uh, in furtherance of a mission that I so deeply believe in. And this is the same position that people like Rabbi Weinrib and Rabbi Weil had held before you, right? Just so people could put it in context. Correct. Correct. Uh, is there a Fagan mandate? Is there something that you come in with to, again, a well-established, relatively well-run place that's making quite an impact in so many different areas that you would like to put your imprint on? Is there something that you've declared is going to either change or start during your administration? There are a lot of things that uh, uh, I think are included within my mandate and that I would very much hope to do. Uh, the first is to now uh, impose on an organization that has become uh, probably one of the largest not-for-profit uh, Jewish organizations in the world, uh, a management perspective that makes certain that the Kahila's money is spent wisely, uh, that we look at every opportunity uh, to cut costs, to use the dollars and resources that we have in the most impactful kinds of ways, to build a program of professional development and staff development, to look at our successorship planning so that we plan out for the future, both on the professional side and on the lay side, uh, to impose objective measurements of all that it is that we do to make certain that the work that we do is impactful and that the money that we spend in doing it is well spent. I'd like to uh, add a couple of things, if I may. The, <laughs> the, the work that your political affairs, public affairs department has done, I think, is remarkable. They've done an amazing job. And I think the OU, with its synagogues and its uh, constituency around this country, can have a very important effect on the BDS movement. The campus life uh, obviously can have a uh, an impact because that's you know directly the students who are dealing with it on a daily basis. And I think nationally, if more people are aware of what's going on and the role that we as regular people could do uh, in terms of combating it, I think that that's uh, that's one thing that could be accomplished. I think that's absolutely right. The the uh, uh, the entire thrust of being able to respond to BDS. Uh, both from an organizational perspective and through education, particularly for our young people, who are the ones that are confronting it in the most challenging kinds of ways, uh, confronting it not only in, in, within the yeshiva environment, but confronting it when they go out into the world uh, on, on secular college campuses uh, and are thrust into situations that they really are not necessarily fully prepared for. Uh, within NCSY, for example, mm. we spend an enormous amount of effort 
uh, trying to educate high school teens uh, with respect to Israel, uh, with respect to the political perspectives that they will hear about when they go on to college uh, so that they have the tools and the information and the facility uh, with which to combat all of the half-truths and lies that are out there uh, that give rise to the entire BDS movement. From, from an organizational perspective, we try to do the same with partner organizations. Uh, we've just gone through this now uh, with respect to the issue of the admission of J Street uh, to the President's Conference. Uh, uh, there is an enormous amount of misinformation that's out there uh, that can only be combated uh, with really serious uh, uh, educational programming. I'd also add that... Uh and we've had an amazing opportunity over the last few years, more than once, to be at the OU Center in Israel and really focus on some of the activities going on there. I think that bridge continues to get uh, stronger and stronger between the OU here, the OU there, and just in general, uh, the attitude toward Israel, whether it's the summer programs, the, the the how you're encouraging people of any age, not just high school, but even beyond that, to get to Israel, etc. I mean, I think that has been something unique to the OU that a lot of organizations have not uh, jumped on. Uh, obviously, uh, 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 our ties uh, to Israel, both religiously, emotionally, and politically, are enormous. Uh, for us, uh, the Israel Center is an enormously important statement. Uh, to make with respect to uh, uh, to that support. This summer, uh, we will have the largest group of NCSY uh, kids in Israel that we have ever had. We expect uh, a, about 1,100 uh, young people uh, will be in Israel uh, during the summer in nine different programs. Uh, we're particularly proud that about half of them are public school kids. Right. Uh, that come to us uh, through uh, a whole variety of public school programs uh, that we have, uh, all of those kids will come together for one night at <laughs> one moment uh, uh, at Yom NCSY uh, at, uh, in early August. Uh, it, it's, an actual, it, it's an absolutely incredible uh, evening. Um, if you stand there and watch... A thousand kids in one place, all singing together, clapping together. Uh, it's a microcosm of Klal Yisrael in one place. Young men learning in the NCSY Kolo, young women learning in our Michlelet program, hundreds of kids from public school for whom this is the first taste of a true Torah experience that they've ever had in their entire lives, and all of them together in one place, celebrating their Yiddishkeit, celebrating their commitment to Judaism. It's just a magnificent uh, uh, evening. It is incredible. Uh, on top of that, we'll have uh, several hundred uh, Yachad participants right. in Israel on summer programs. Uh, uh, and on top of all that, uh, uh, our birthright program. Uh, probably one of the best-kept secrets about the union is we are now the third largest birthright provider uh, in the United States. Uh, this year alone, we will have 54 buses uh, of birthright participants uh, from all over the United States. We'll have dozens of buses in Israel uh, over the summer. So we're going to bring thousands of young people uh, from high school uh, kids, 
the Yachad participants, the birthright participants, uh, to Israel this summer. Uh, it's an enormously important part of and what we do. On, on top of your Israel advocacy at so many different levels. And finally, I would say that to the outsider, now I'm a big fan of the OU, so maybe I'm just, you know, looking through rose-colored glasses, but to the outsider, it seems there is a great effort, and in many cases a successful effort, to work with other organizations when there is a common goal. Uh, and I would guess someone like yourself would love to continue that tradition. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we will we will partner uh, with uh, uh, any organization that shares our mission, uh, shares our values. We try very, very hard not to reinvent the wheel. Uh, and so the thrust of our program uh, is really designed to do those things that we can do best uh, and to do those things that we do uniquely well. Uh, we don't try to do everything there is to do, uh, or we would really dilute uh, the mission in, in many respects. Uh, and so we partner with a whole variety of, of, uh, of, of organizations in that effort. Alan Fagan is the brand-new Executive Vice President and Chief Professional Officer of the Orthodox Union visiting us here. The term has already begun officially? Several weeks ago. Huh? Congratulations. Thank I guess you. you've been rolling up your sleeves and getting right into the action. I certainly have. Uh, some people are curious. There had been rumors about whether the OU and its central office of its worldwide activities would be staying on the island of Manhattan. Can you state definitively if, yes, it will, in fact, be staying in New York City? Absolutely. We have, uh, we have re- uh, renewed our lease uh, at 11 Broadway. Uh, we will be remaining at 11 Broadway. We've taken additional space. Uh, at 11 Broadway, another half a floor, uh, to accommodate uh, uh, the burgeoning activities of the union. As it is, we probably will be out of space uh, the, moment, the... the moment uh, we take uh, the new space, but um, uh, we are remaining uh, where we are. Sorry about that. Well, a pleasure meeting you again and reuniting in this way. I congratulate you on the position, and uh, I have no doubt that under your leadership, the organization will continue to flourish. You're surrounded by a lot of great people, as you know. Can't be done alone, right? Absolutely not. And uh, I'm sure the OU has a tremendous future ahead. And if there are any major announcements, especially when it comes to brand-new products that are becoming kosher, or not brand-new, rather, but any traditional products in this country that all of a sudden are going to become kosher, those, to me, are the most important. You know, you got Israel and political stuff. and all. When you have a brand-new announcement regarding a, a kosherous thing, that, to me, is one of the most important ones. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sure what you think about quinoa. <laughs> You've been told, huh? <laughs> I, I heard there's a lot of discussion at the OU offices about quinoa. Not exactly one of my favorite things, but if you have something that I really like that's becoming kosher or that has a major announcement surrounding us, please let well, us know. It, it, did, it did make uh, sushi possible for uh, all of us uh, over Yantif, but it, it, it doesn't quite rise to the level of Oreo cookies. I see you and I are on the same page, basically. (laughs) Uh, Pleasure seeing you. Congratulations and our best to everybody at the Orthodox Union. Thank you. Alan Fagan is the brand new Executive Vice President, Chief Professional Officer at the OU, visiting us on a Monday morning at JM in the AM.